For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we'll be today as we're going through the book of Corinthians. And in today's chapter, we're gonna it's gonna uncover some immorality within the church, some immorality within the body of of christ and how to deal with it and what what to do so if you'll look with me now in first corinthians chapter 5 verse number one the bible says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the gentiles that one should have his father's wife verse two and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. So Paul is writing the church in Corinth, letting them know that there's reports, that there's one among you that, that's having his father's wife. Now that is a horrific sin. Even from a worldly standard, that is horrific. But within the confines of the church, within the Christian community, that is horrendous before God. But let me just tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, that a saved person can do anything that an unsaved person can do. Our flesh nature is still there, and we will battle with it as long as there is breath in this body the devil, Satan, his demons, and yourself, yourself is drawn toward sin. Be mindful of that in your Christian walk, in your Christian life, and know, and know when you have those kind of thoughts that this, you're not right with God. Those thoughts are not from God, and you certainly don't want to act on those thoughts because everything that you do physically will start out in your mind. You'll start thinking about it, and thinking about it, and thinking about it. Just know this, you might have a thought that's wrong, but just know that it's wrong. And know that you're not going to act on it. And know that that's a sin. Know that that'll destroy me. That'll hurt my family. I'm no way am I going to do that. And do like David said. How can I do this sin in front of God? Or like Joseph. I can't, I can't do this and sin before a thrice holy God. And let me just tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, when you sin, you're sinning against God in your life. It may be against another person also, but ultimately you are sinning and going against God Him. 
self. And let me just tell you, if you belong to God, if, if you're saved, he, just like a, a good parent is going to chastise their child to get them back right, God is not going to allow you to get away with it. You may get away with it for a short period of time, but if you refuse to repent and get it right, then God will, God will get a hold of you. And so Paul here is writing that there's commonly among you. In other words, it's being talked about quite a bit that this one man's having his father's wife. And then in verse two, he tells him, and ye are puffed up. There what? There's a lot of pride there. There's like, I shouldn't have to worry about that. We don't got to worry about that. We don't have to deal with that. And he says, and have not rather mourned. In other words, you're puffed up. You're full of pride when you should be mourning. You should be sad. You should be hurt that this is going on in your church, in your Christian community. But yet you're puffed up and you're not dealing with it. You're not doing what is right before God Almighty. And let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it takes a real brother or sister in Christ to come to you in a loving nature and tell you, you are wrong. What you are doing is not right, and it's hurting the body of Christ, and you are sinning before God. Not only that, you are hurting yourself. Let me just tell you, it takes a, a, a very loving person to come to you and tell you that in the right way. I don't mean they're running you down. I don't mean they're talking bad about you behind your back. I don't mean they're telling their friends about it. I mean they come to you personally and talk to you and say, listen, you're wrong. And you keep that in mind. If somebody's around you and they're doing wrong, it's your responsibility to go speak to them in the right manner. Because if you go to them and you say, you idiot, are you crazy? Well, they're going to turn you off and not hear a word that you say. But let me tell you, when you go to them in a right, loving spirit, and they'll know, they'll sense it, and they'll listen to you. When you go about it the right way. Now, whether or not they heed what you tell them is another story. But if you'll go to them in the right way, they will at least listen and hear what you have to say and not just turn you off and walk away. And so Paul says, hey, you're puffed up and have rather not mourned. You should have been sad. And he said that he hath done this deed might be taken away from you. In other words, you should have dealt with this. That, that if he's not going to quit, then get him out of the church. Get him away from the body of Christ because it will affect the other members. It will affect other Christians because you act like who you hang around. We rub off on one another, good or bad. And it doesn't matter how old you are, what your spiritual walk is. Whoever you hang around is who you're going to act like. Why? Because it's our human nature. It is. And so be careful. And I don't mean you shouldn't go to people. Jesus sat with sinners. They, they accused him of that many times. You're, you're eating with sinners. So it's, I don't mean that. I don't mean going out and evangelizing and sitting with them, having a meal with them, or, or befriending them a certain way. But be careful who you're around and who you let influence you and your life. Verse number three tells you, For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. Paul says, I'm not there in body, but I am in spirit. I know enough to make a judgment of this matter about this person concerning this matter that has done this deed. And he tells you in verse number four, 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together and my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, the next time you gather together, together in my spirit, in the name of in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, you deliver such a one unto Satan. Now, isn't that something? Isn't that is just unbelievable, isn't it? That Paul says that deliver such a one unto Satan. And so why? Because God can use anything he wants to use. He's God. And sometimes God might use Satan, according to the scripture here. Because if you're a child of God, there's not one thing that can touch you that does not have to pass through the hands of God. Satan could not attack Job without God's permission. God had to give him permission to touch Job. As you know the story of Job, Job lost his, all his children lost his home, his property, his land, his cattle. I mean, he just, he lost everything. And all at one time, and then he's sitting, he had boils all over him, and he's sitting in the ashes scraping the boils. Why? Because Satan had touched his physical body. And so God allowed Satan to do that, but God said, you can't take his life. So that tells you that nothing can touch you if you belong to God unless God allows it. And even then, God puts a limit on it as to how far and how bad it can be. God is in control of the time and the intensity of the trial in your life. But here, Paul is saying to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God can use Satan and that flesh, the body, he's talking about your own self-will, your own self-nature. That's what he's talking about. Oh, it may be talking about your physical body, too. God may allow him to take your life, but you belong to God. You are still on your way to heaven. And that's what he's saying. The destruction of the flesh may be saved in the, in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So even if your body is killed, you your spirit, your soul belongs to the Lord Jesus. So can a sinner or can a person that's saved go so deep in sin that God says, that's it. If you don't repent, I'm about to cut you off. I'm going to shorten your life. Absolutely, absolutely, God can shorten your life. Why? Because you belong to him. You're a child of God. And God, just like a loving parent, is not, is not going to allow his child, his children, to continue in deep sin for long, long periods of time. God will cut their life short. Why? Because he loves them. And let me tell you, when you love your child, you think about this. When you love your child and you see that they are hurting themselves, what does that do to you? That hurts you deeply, doesn't it? It does. It hurts you deeply. Now you think about God looking at his children, us, and he says, you're hurting yourself. You've got to stop it. You can't do that. You're going down the wrong road. And God will only take so much of that and say, that's it. Hey, they're not going to repent. They're not going to turn back. I may deliver them over to Satan that he may destroy their flesh, but their soul belongs to me. 
And so sometimes God will allow Satan to attack you. And maybe, maybe it's to get rid of your own self-will because some of us are, are very strong wills. We want what we want, how we want it, when we want it, why we want it, and where we want it. And I want it my way. And God says, no, it's not about you anymore if you're saved. It's all about the Lord Jesus. And so God may allow a hard trial in your life to turn you to him, to get rid of that self-will. And or God like this fellow that's so far in sin that he's being delivered over to such a one for destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so God will give Satan full permission to go after that person because Satan can't touch him, can't touch him without God's permission. Satan can't touch you without God's permission. Thank God for that. And you know, when you stay, when you stay within the walls of Scripture, being obedient to Scripture in your life, it's like staying in a fenced-in backyard. It keeps you safe. You are with you are in within the lines or within the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to look at it something simply, you could call it a safe zone. I'm in the safe zone. I'm inside of God's will, God's commandments, God's word, and that's where I'm going to stay. And see, when you get outside of there, the umbrella of protection is most certainly taken off of you. Why? Because you are going out on your own. You're going out in sin, and God is not going to condone that. Why in the world would God put a hedge of protection about you when you are willfully leaving the commandments of God, going out to willfully live in deep sin? God is not going to keep the hedge of protection around you. He will let things afflict you because it is awfully funny about us human beings. When things are going good, that's when we drift away from God. When there's plenty of money in the bank, when I'm perfectly healthy, when everything's going great, oh, the kids are doing good, everything's just wonderful, that's when we tend to drift away from God, just like the Israelites did in the Old Testament. When everything was going good, boy, that's when they drifted away from God. But when the hard times came, when the hurtful things came, when the bad things happened, boy, that drove us, that drives us, and it drove them to their knees to seek God's face. Lord, I need you. So listen to me. When you look at it in that light, thank God for the hard times. And even, even within the Christian body, because this is a hard time. Paul is writing to them saying, hey, there's one in your church that is having his father's wife and you and you church are not dealing with it you're puffed up like you don't have to you're full of pride and i say the next time that you meet and you gather together in the name and the power of the lord jesus christ that you take this one and you deliver them unto satan for the destruction of the flesh and i am sure it's important that you they tell that person that hey the time has come that we're putting you out. You haven't repented. You know it's wrong. It's time for you to go. And they put them out. And it's almost like they're on their own. Satan's coming for the destruction of the flesh. Because that's the one thing Satan loves to just do. And John 10.10, 10, he tells you that's what he's here for. To kill, to steal, and destroy that's what Satan is after. That's what he wants. And he's, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion walking about, sinking so he may devour. He wants to take you out in any which way he can. 
And so verse number six tells you, Paul's telling them your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Verse seven, purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. He says, your glory is not good. Don't you know a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? What is leaven? Leaven is sin. Leaven is evil. And he's saying, if you have that in your lump within you, then it messes up the whole thing. Have you ever seen real dough? Have any of the ladies ever made bread? Or even if you've been at a pizza place, when you make dough and you knead it and you can let the dough sit or put it back in the refrigerator and it's almost like it grows to double the size. What is it doing? It's growing. It, it, it's that that stuff that's in there is is growing and it, it almost doubles the size of the lump. And that's what will happen with sin in your life or within the church or within your home when you allow it and you turn your head and you say, I ought to be all right or I don't see it. You know what it will do? It will grow. And not only that, not only that, it will grow on other people and it will affect them. And that's why he says in verse 7, Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. In other words, get rid of the leaven. Get the sin out. Get it out. Get rid of it, that you may be a new lump, unleavened, fit for Christ, fit for the master's use. Get that sin out. Get it away from your life. Get it out of the church. Get it out of your home. Get rid of it. Even if it means that person that won't repent, pushing them out and saying, you won't repent. You're wrong. You have to go. And that's what they're doing here. That's what Paul is saying. Y'all need to deal with this. Get rid of that lump. Get rid of that evil. Get rid of that sin so that you can be a new lump without sin, not living in sin, allowing sin in your life within your church. Deal with it. And he tells them in verse 8, Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Not with the old leaven, he says. Not with that old bread that's got malice and, and wickedness in it. But the new bread, the unleavened bread, the bread that doesn't have sin in it, the bread that doesn't have yeast in it, because that's what makes the dough rise. That's what makes it double its size. It, it grows and sin can be just like yeast within that dough. It can make it double in size and grow and grow and grow unless it is dealt with, unless it's purged out of that lump, unless a new lump is started and you've gotten rid of that sin, you've gotten rid of that leaven. And he says, but with the unleavened bread of, listen, sincerity and truth. Being sincere, boy, there's something to that. You ever meet a seriously sincere person who's just got an honest heart? I tell you what, they'll leave a, they'll leave a mark on you that you'll, you just won't forget. You'll just know, man, they are a sincere person and the truth. Amen. Who's the truth? Jesus Christ 
is the truth. He is the, the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So Paul says we should be like that unleavened bread with sincerity and truth. And that's how God wants to be worshipped, right? In spirit and in truth. Amen? So if you want to be right with God, you've got to purge that sin out of your life. And sometimes that means doing things that you don't want to do, like going to a person and saying, listen, you're living in sin. You're causing problems. You're dragging trouble in here. You've got to knock it off or you've got to go. So living right is not always easy. It's not easy to have to go to somebody and tell them that. But sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's necessary so that you can get rid of 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 that problem get rid of that lump that's full of leaven that's full of sin that's full of evil and listen to what paul says in verse 9 i write unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators paul said i've already wrote to you and told you not to company with fornicators in verse 10 he says yacht not all together with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or, or extortioners or the idolaters for then must you needs go out of the world but now i have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one no not eat paul says listen to me if there's one among you that says he's a christian that says he's a brother in christ but yet his actions his actions go against what he's saying and they may be saved but they may be a fornicator or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. Paul says, don't eat with them. Don't be with them. Don't let them rub off on you. Don't hang out with them. Stay away from them. Keep your distance from them. Whether or not they're saved, that's between them and God. But just remember what I said, that a saved person, a saved person can do anything that an unsaved person can do except for go to hell because they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God said, no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. They are not going to lose their salvation. Not even they themselves can get rid of it because it wasn't them that saved themselves. It was Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, he said, no man can pluck them out of my father's hands and so like paul is saying here if they're a fornicator or a covetous an idolater a railer a drunkard an extortioner with such a one don't eat don't don't let that rub off on you now you can say that you love them and you can tell them they need to get right but don't hang out with them and because it will rub off on you and it is a bad bad testimony just love them enough to tell them that they're wrong Verse 12 says, For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Paul says, Them, them without, them that are out. In other words, those that aren't saved, those that are out in the world. I don't judge them. God's going to judge them. But the ones that are in the house of God, the ones that are say they're brothers in Christ. He says, them, that one, I'm, I'm going to judge. And let me just tell you, you hear that a lot in this world, that don't judge, you're not you're supposed to judge. That's not true, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible doesn't say you're not supposed to judge. No, the Bible says a Christian judges, he said, the Bible says a righteous man judges all things. There's many a times you have to make a judgment. And you are allowed to judge. 
judgment in a condescending spirit looking down and running down somebody. That's the wrong way to judge. That's not what he's talking about. But he does say here, don't worry about those who are without. God will judge them. But you judge the ones that are within the confines of the church. And most of all, and most of all, and here's the big one, judge your own self. Make the changes within your own self. Get your own self right with God and keep your own heart right with God. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.